Hey friends, if you want to help support this show, please consider joining our official yoga and podcast Patreon. The great member perks such as exclusive stress relief audio meditations, live in yoga classes, plus you can earn podcast merch over time. To find out more, please visit patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast. It's spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash y-o-g-a-a-n-d-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. The link to check it out is also in the show notes. Your support is greatly appreciated. Now, on with the show. Welcome, friends, to the Yoga and Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and Pilates teacher who is living and learning every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am just so curious about all things yoga and. If this is your first time joining us, a big warm welcome to you. This show brings the magic of yoga and mind-body practices down to earth for the everyday real person. Today, I'm super excited to sit down and chat with doula, yoga teacher, and amazing human, Meg Kokovai. Meg will share with us different interests within her work, from teaching yoga to the climbing population, sharing her passion about why she loves Trigger Point, and also her work as a birth doula. I know you will feel inspired by this conversation just as much as I did. Now, let's sit back, relax. And enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is doula and yoga teacher Meg Kokovai. Hey, Meg, how are you? Hi, Ashley. Good to be here. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad I ran into you on the green belt the other day. And no. um, this is how this interview came about. Um, so thank you for taking time out of your day to talk on the show. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you're about? Uh, yeah, I, uh, right now I am mostly a yoga teacher and a doula. I've been working at Crux Climbing Center pretty much since they opened. I think that was what, like four or five years ago at this point. And it's a great place to work. Uh, I love teaching yoga to the climbing community. It's just such an interesting community to work with for a variety of reasons. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, I'm also a doula right now. Um, I like to say I'm an emotional support beast for women in labor. Mm. Uh, I like to be in in service of the moms. And I don't know, just living, living in South Austin, always trying to spend as much time as I can outside and looking for horses to ride. Just going to put that out oh. into the universe. Yeah. I, I used to be a horse trainer. So, um, Oh, I didn't know that. And I moved to Austin thinking that I was just going to be able to ride horses every day because I'm in Texas. And then that was not the reality. Obviously, this is a regular city. 
and I was like kind of bummed yeah well cool thanks I did not know that about you also I totally skipped how are you doing how are you doing today oh I'm doing great um I am fresh back from a month-long trip to California visiting family and friends so I'm feeling very refreshed got to spend lots of time in the mountains time on the beach so Mm. yeah can't argue with that yeah that's awesome so we're this is post vacation this is post vacation I'm still in the glow of that yeah you really are when I saw you the other day you just seemed so like yeah like you have been relaxing it was really I was like it inspired me to uh plan a vacation actually right yes relaxing and lots of type two fun also which I feel like Mm. really energizes me oh that's awesome So let's talk about uh, some yoga. So what exactly does yoga look like in your life these days? Um, Well, I have been teaching a lot of classes. Um, I quit my sort of day job before I went on this vacation. So right now yoga looks like a big part of my life. Uh, I teach a lot of vinyasa classes. So a lot of flow-based classes, not just at Crux, but also at Sukha. Um, and then I take a lot of classes too. So I'm at Suka a lot, uh, taking classes. Um, Mark and Aaron are the owners over there. They're amazing. Um, love to take their classes and everyone else who works there is great too. And mm-hmm. I like to be a part of that community. Um, but then yoga also for me, uh, my sort of specialty is trigger point yin, which is this class that I think we're going to talk about a lot today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I do a lot of that at home just by myself. So I'm just in my room rolling around on a lacrosse ball being like, oh, that works. Ooh, that doesn't work. Oh, that works. Oh, that like hurts so good. So Uh that's like a lot of my yoga also. Cool, yeah. And we're definitely gonna get into trigger point. So what exactly is trigger point? And how did you- (laughs) Trigger point is a, well, there are areas in your body uh, and there are areas of neurological activity. Um, so there's a nerve impulse uh, maintaining a contraction in your muscle in different spots. Um, and you're subconsciously holding on to this specific spot in your muscles, usually as an adaptation to some sort of physical stress. Um, so your body is gonna adapt for the most common stressors in your body uh, for maximum efficiency. So for example, uh, you're seated at a desk every day and your arms are out like little T-Rex arms and you have this 90 degree bend in your hip flexors and your shoulders are sort of forward. Mm -hmm. And your body is used to being like that most of the time. So then when you stand up, and you're like, ouch, everything hurts. It's because your body is trying to support efficiency in that seated posture Mm -hmm. and being like, wait, you sit all the time. So like the standing thing, you don't really need to do that that well. So it's reinforcing that posture. And that's where we get locked up, contracted muscles uh, and trigger points in the body. So how did you get into it exactly? Um, I 
I am one of those people who teaches yoga because they're <laughs> stressed out and um, have a lot of holding patterns uh, emotionally. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the other side of it. We, you know, when we're feeling nervous or we're feeling uncomfortable, we lift our shoulders up into our ears. We protect the soft parts of our bodies, face, throat, belly, uh, and curl around that. And when you're stressed out a lot, you, you hold for that and you get locked up in those ways. So that's kind of my introduction to trigger point is I was like, wow, my neck hurts all the time. Wow. My like lower back hurts. Why is this happening? And what can I do about it? And, you know, yoga is a really good stretch in like a vinyasa class. If you're really thinking about it and going after it, mm. but laying in a passive stretch is something totally different. Yeah. Right. You have time to really mentally let go of something like vinyasa usually happens too quickly for me to feel like, okay, I'm here. I can think about this. I can let it go. I can relax. I can take 10 deep breaths mm -hmm. and then release that muscle. Um, so yeah, I came to trigger point because I was in pain, um, mm -hmm. because I needed to figure out a way to get my posture back to what I wanted it to be and to be able to be comfortable and, you know, flexible enough to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So why, why trigger point and yin yoga specifically? So I wanted to come to it through the lens of yoga first, because I was already teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was just sort of my context that I was already in. Um, but yoga teaches you amazing breathwork techniques and mindfulness techniques that are so necessary if you're going to have the consciousness to let go of something you've been holding on to for who knows how long, mm -hmm. you know, like if you're locked up in your chest and you didn't even really know it because you've just had it for so long, you've just had tightness there for so long. And then you know, the moment in Shavasana, when you're laying there in Shavasana and a teacher comes around and puts their hands gently on your shoulders and you're like, oh my God, I've been holding my shoulders up for so long. I was exhausted. And then you basically just fall asleep because you're the most relaxed you've ever been. That is trigger point. Yeah. Like ideally the amount of pressure that you use is light. Mm -hmm. You know, we only need a lot of pressure because it's, it's, it's like hard to get into our brains. You know, we need a lot of pressure to be like, no, really right here. It hurts here. You need to let that go. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, through yin, I think it's a slow enough practice. It's more focus on the breath and the mindfulness and you hold the postures for a long time. So it's really complimentary to trigger point in that way. Cause I'm going to put you on a lacrosse ball in your paraspinals in the muscle that go along your spine. And you're going to be there for five minutes, eight minutes. And then we're going to get into a chest opener into wishbone pose where you lay with your chest on the ground and your arm out behind you and step your foot behind. We're going to get into that pose to open the chest for another five minutes. And people are sort of, sort of already in the, 
realm of, okay, we're going to be here for a while. They're not expecting flow at that mm -hmm. point. So I think that yin is just very complementary to that therapy. Uh, so I've taken your trigger point yin classes before and oh my gosh, so good. And I'm a yin teacher and I don't know anything about trigger points. And I really, really appreciated um, that combination. And I remember specifically we did something on the shoulder blade and I had mm -hmm. no idea I was that. Infraspinatus that gets them every time. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and I, I do that all the time now on my own because I learned it in your class. So thank you for that, Meg. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, do you have, do you have a favorite spot on the body that's a trigger point spot? <sighs> Um, for me personally, probably, well, we'll say one upper body and one lower body, lower body, the psoas. So just inside of your hip bone or your assis, your anterior superior iliac spine. Um, if you go just to the inside of that, there's a deep abdominal muscle called the psoas that begins with a P, not an S. I don't know why, but, uh, and that connects down through the hip and into the quad. So I have really tight quads. My quads are my locked up place. Mm. Um, so I like to lay belly down and get into the psoas because it's so hard to stretch. It Otherwise, is. it's just such a deep muscle and you could like lay on, you know, a massage table or a high bed and like drop your leg off and stretch it that way. But it's kind of unrealistic to do regularly. Mm. Um, so getting into it with a lacrosse ball that is really good for me because that is sort of one step in my quad stretching process. Um, but then the other place that just feels good and there's a lot of nerve endings. So when you massage in your paraspinals, the muscles that connect into the vertebrae all the way down the back, um, when you get into those muscles, it's more holistic. It sort of mm. gives you whole body relaxation. Like if you don't have a lot of time and you're feeling stressed and you just need a massage, laying on a lacrosse ball and going up and down the paraspinals is a good one to get into. Ooh, your body is going to respond to that. I'll have to try that. Um, I'm curious, like, I know what kind of balls we use at Crux for trigger point. They're lacrosse balls, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, and they are lacrosse balls. Too? Yes, I only use lacrosse balls really because they're less expensive and they're widely available and they're a great size. <laughs> so mm -hmm. they're pretty much anything, everything you need. You can buy, there's Orbit brand therapy balls. There's other brand air therapy balls and they come in multiple sizes and different like firmnesses, but they're really expensive. Um, so you can buy a golf ball and a tennis ball and a lacrosse ball and have different sizes and textures for way less money and That's you know really it's already like kind of a big ask for me to say like okay go home and do this on your own and I'm not gonna say also spend a hundred dollars on therapy balls <laughs> <laughs> like no just go get a lacrosse ball it'll be like yeah. a couple dollars so how is trigger point different than just stretching um, there's a few things that are really unique to trigger point. And I think that it's important to understand that it is 
more of a mental therapy than a physical therapy. So it's closer to going to, to a talk therapist than it is going to a physical therapist because you have to let go and that is a mental process. So the techniques of meditation and being really aware of your body, the techniques of pranayama, of breath work that help you to really feel everything that's happening in your body, uh, those are most beneficial to trigger point because you can point to a spot that is tight on your body and you can press on it as hard as you want all day long. And yeah, you might get some relief temporarily, but it's just going to tighten back up once you stop pressing on it or after a couple of hours, if you don't mentally let go of that spot. Mm. So it is a practice of awareness. Um, just like when you go to a massage therapist, they can rub a muscle and loosen up that muscle. And you're like, wow, that feels so much better. And then a day later, you're like, oh, like that hurts again. Why did that just come back? You didn't go through the process of mentally letting go of that muscle. So that's one thing that's really unique um, about trigger point that it is more about your, it's like more of a mental game than a physical game. Um, and then the other thing that's really unique to trigger point is uh, the radiation. So there's a lot of non-local sensation that happens when you're on a trigger point. So if you put your lacrosse ball in your TFL, for example, your tensor fascia latte, it's behind your hip bone um, on the side of your body you are probably going to feel pressure obviously right where the lacrosse ball is, but because it, that muscle goes into the IT band and into the side of the knee and then connects down into the peroneals in the, in the side of the calf and down into your ankle and top of your foot and in, all the way into the bottom of your foot, you might feel pressure or sensation or pain anywhere along that line. Um, and if you're doing trigger point on your own and you again start at that TFL and you're like, wow, that really lit up my ankle. You might do some massage in your ankle first, you know, and loosen that up and sort of reverse, I don't know how to say this, reverse engineer, I guess, <laughs> move backwards, go back along that, that track and then end in finally working on your TFL. Um, so you get this whole you get a lot of information from trigger point on your specific lines of tightness. Uh, and I think that that can be really helpful if you're actually trying to fix something in your body to elicit change in your body. It's not just this one point, but you can go after all of the radiation points. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I didn't realize it was that, I mean, it is, it is that intense and there are lines that you are kind of figuring out in your own body. It sounds very unique to each person. Yes. Yeah. It is very unique to each person. Um, and even in my class, you know, I'll get everyone in the same posture and half the class is like groaning in pain and being, and laughing because they like, can't believe the sensation and the other class is like, what? I don't get it. Like what's going on? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. Uh, what resources have you found that helped you learn about trigger point? Um, there's one book in particular that I have used and I have found particularly helpful. And I think it's called the concise book of trigger points. 
Mm. And uh, we can put it in the show notes. Um, but it is, I think there's a third edition out now. I'm pretty sure I have like the old second edition. Um, but yeah, the concise book of trigger points. And it really does go through each section of the body or each system of the body and say, okay, like, are you feeling pain here? Maybe try putting the lacrosse ball in one of these spots. And it won't necessarily be the same spot, you know, because it's, it's working on the greater system. So, you know, you're feeling lower back pain. Maybe you should try putting the lacrosse ball in your quads because most likely your lower back isn't tight. Your quads are pulling on your hips and pulling hips into an anterior tilt and making compression in your lower back. And that's why your lower back hurts or something like that. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, it sort of gives you the map of, of how to do that. Well, thanks for sharing that book. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's a good one. Let's take a quick break. Somewhat recently, I had the wonderful Scout Shavers on the show. When you get a chance, check it out. It's episode 22, Yoga and Birth. Scout is a birth worker, a birth educator, a doula, a yoga teacher, and the founder of the organization Birth Wild Awake. This organization specifically supports Black, Indigenous, people of color, the doulas, as well as the families. The money is strictly used to provide educational scholarships to these doulas seeking mentorships and skill set to support these families. You may or may not already know, but systematic racism starts at birth. And I really believe in supporting this organization because there is such a need for more support in this particular area of the community. There's a couple of ways you can contribute to her organization. You can either give directly to Birth Wild Awake on Scout's website, scoutwildawake.com forward slash donate. The link to that is in the show notes. There's a donate button that you can click on once you get there, or you can also buy her t-shirts on her website. I have a t-shirt and they are wonderful. They're soft, they fit well, and are high quality. They say on the front of them, black birthing lives matter. I love mine, I wear it all the time. If you're able, please consider supporting Birth Wild Awake. And we're back. Oh, I love it. Well, I, I could talk to you all day about Trigger Point, but I also wanna know more about well, more about your other work that you do. So um, tell us more about yoga and climbing and, and why, why you might love working with climbers in um, teaching yoga. Um, I, I'm a climber myself. Um, I have been climbing for, I don't know, six years or so. And it just is a full body workout like nothing else I've ever done. Um, and it's so satisfying to, you're not carrying a weight. You're not using any equipment. You are just hauling the weight of your body up a wall. And there's something so satisfying about that. Um, so not only do I love 
the sport. Um, but the people who do it are chronically friendly. Like I've really never met a friendlier group of people. And they tend to not do a lot of self-care as a population, not to judge them, not to, you know, say that that's across the board. I'm sure there's lots of yogi climbers out there somewhere. I just haven't met them. Um, but you know, people will come into my class and say, hi, I've never taken a yoga class or stretched or breathed or sit still before. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, <laughs> you know, I can work with that. And that's actually really fun and interesting for me um, to get people in class and, you know, get them into these pretty intense stretches and lay them on a lacrosse ball and they start giggling because they've never had this sensation before or they have an emotional release and they come up to me after class, you know, sort of bug-eyed and stunned and be like, you know, that was really intense. I had a little moment of hallucination in there and, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go think about that some more at home. Um, and, you know, working in a, a yoga studio that's just a yoga studio is amazing. I love working at Suka. I think the community is so beautiful there. Um, but the people that go there, they can sing along with the mantras that we sing. They can follow the postures if I just use the Sanskrit, you know, and that's just a totally different experience than teaching at Crux where I need to give so many postural cues in order to get people into the right so yeah, it's just a different clientele and working with bodies that are so strong is also really fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, like the population is just so fit um, and, and so strong and uh, in need of a lot of therapy. You know, there's a lot of injury that comes with climbing um, and a lot of stresses in the shoulders and a lot of postural um, distortions that happen, you know, the rolled full forward shoulders mm -hmm. with the chin up, sort of that rounded upper back mm -hmm. posture. It happens a lot in the climbing community and there's so much you can do to open that up and really help you get back to um, into alignment. And, yeah. and that's also satisfying for me to work with. Yeah, I, I agree. I have a similar, I also work at Crux and I have a similar experience and um the i find it so funny this one student or just she was a climber and like would climb these just really hardcore routes in the gym and then right before my yoga class she came up to me and like wanted me to know she never she she didn't want to make an idiot of herself in yoga and i'm like you're doing this real this re physically so fit did this incredibly hard thing and you don't, you know, you're insecure about my little yoga class. Like, come on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I get that a lot too. Like I've never done this before. I don't want to like look stupid. I'm like, you're literally going to be laying on the ground. You're fine. Like <laughs> yeah. if you can lay down, you can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your doula work. How did you become a doula and what encouraged that journey along? Um, so my childhood best friend, Hi, Maros, if you see this. Um, she had, uh, 
she moved out to Colorado. She got married to this great guy. She uh, decided she wanted to get pregnant and she she's a little stressed out as a person, just general personality is, is, is like a higher vibration than some other people, I think. She just buzzes really quickly. And she was like, oh my God, Meg, I really want you to help me through this birth. Like, you know, I was a yoga teacher already and she made that connection of you would probably be a good person to help me breathe and give me massage and do all the things that a doula does. And honestly, I had never even heard of a doula at this point. This was like Mm -hmm. two years ago or something. And, uh, she was like, you have to go to doula school because I'm getting pregnant. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I guess I will do that then. Like, aye, aye, captain. And, uh, so I did, and I went through doula training, um, with holistic beginnings and, the woman who taught it was amazing. She comes through Austin every once in a while. I think she's from New Jersey, but mm. she was great. I really connected with her. I thought she was a wonderful teacher. And I kind of fell in love with the practice of being in service of one person at a time. Um, I'm not the most social of butterflies. So like, parties kind of a nightmare for me I don't like big groups of people but like one-on-one conversation I like like that is my social comfort Mm -hmm. so working with one mom through a pregnancy and then going into labor with her and for you know six to 36 hours I am totally focused on this one person and all of their needs like whatever they need I will do it you need hip squeezes for 12 hours straight. I got you. You need me to hold you up in a bathtub. Like I got you. You need me to make you a sandwich or like go get you a popsicle. Like I will do that. Whatever it is you need, I'll do it. And there's just something so uh, wonderful and focused and meditative to me to be in that, in that space of just being able to focus on one person. So I thought I was only gonna, um, you know, be Mary Rose's doula, but here I am. She finally is pregnant with twins. So they're going to be my first twins. I'm going out there in September into out to Colorado to, to be her doula. Um, yes. So I'm going to catch some babies and hang out with Mary Rose in Colorado, but yeah, it's also now something that I want to make a business out of and, and actually do. So I finally made my business cards. And, you know, I live really close to the South Austin Birthing Center. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I'm going to hook up with them and, and do more doula work over there. Very cool. Yeah. And they're good people, yeah. as you know, the South yes. Austin. Yeah. I think about the owner or like a couple of people who work their climate cracks, actually. I feel like I see them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Austin is like the smallest big city ever. It's like, I see the same, like 25 people everywhere I go. It really is. (laughs) Um, So what, what advice would you give to somebody either wanting to start their journey as a yoga teacher and, or a birth doula? Like what, what advice would you give them? Um, I don't know. Think about why you want to do it. First of all, like, Are you 
especially at the beginning, like it's kind of a labor of love, yeah. you know, it's a lot of work to get into studios. Uh, you have to practice at the studio all the time. Um, you have to be present around, you know, a birthing center or a population of pregnant women. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have, it's like a lot of making connections. So I would think about if that is actually something that you want to do, are you willing to practice at a studio for a year or more before you get a job there? Um, are you willing to like make that expense? Um, but then also do, if you decide that that is for you and you want to do that, um, you know, think about what it is that you specifically want to offer, you know, because there's so many different kinds of yoga and there's a lot that you can offer as a doula. So like, what are you actually good at? Are you really into physical touch? Is that your love language? Do you, are you going to be like so good with like massaging and seeing that, that person in pain and being able to like physically help them? Or are you really good at, um, mantra or breath work or like, what is your niche and and how are you going to bring that to people? And also study anatomy, like either way, like I know that yoga doesn't need to be 100% about anatomy, but you should know basic stuff about alignment and, and what the body is doing and, and, you know, how to treat the body well to make it feel good. <laughs> so yeah. study anatomy. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. This book actually, I feel like is so good. I know they're not going to be able to see it, but Yoga Anatomy by uh-huh. Leslie Kamenoff. It's just an illustrated yoga anatomy book. And man, it's just so helpful to see what muscles are working in what postures so that you're not overworking one muscle by doing all one type of posture Mm. or underworking a muscle, whatever. Yeah, no. Those are my pieces of advice. (laughs) I love it. No, this is really good advice. And I love how you specifically brought up. Yeah, I mean, you do have to basically work out at a studio for a year if you want to eventually teach there someday I, God, mean, I would have you in training right I would have just like swept the floor at Suka every day for like five years in order to work there I just wanted to work there so bad I was like whatever I need to do I don't care like I will pay for any mentorship I will teach class at whatever time you want to give it to me I will come to every class of every other teacher every day I just want to work here. So yeah. Yeah. I swept the floor at yoga yoga back in the day when yoga yoga existed. And that's how I got in. Yeah. Yeah. So work grade. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I've been a yoga manager before and when someone comes into the studio and is like, hi, I just graduated from teacher training. I want to work here. And I'm like, have you ever been here before? They're like, no, can you give me a tour? I'm like, "Mm." like, you don't know the community. Do you, how do you even know you want to work here? Yeah. Like, especially at Crux. I'm like, these are climbers. Do you love climbing? Do you want to like, why do you want to work here? So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So how do you reset personally, Meg? Um, 
Well, besides, like I said, laying on the floor of my bedroom and laying on the cross balls, um, I, I honestly have a lot of hobbies and a lot of things that I feel like reset me. I spend a lot of time in my garden. Mm. I like to grow things, um, not just practical things, but like pretty things and um, interesting plants. Um, I love to spend out time outside. I try and travel a couple times a year. Um, that really resets me. I mean, taking this trip out to California, I spent a little bit of time in Santa Fe, New Mexico also. Just being outside resets me. So whether I'm rock climbing or mountaineering or, you know, just spending time walking around in the woods, I feel like that is where I recharge. What are you growing in your garden right now? <laughs> my God, sunflowers took over my garden while I was in California. I don't know how this happened, but they're like 15 feet tall. It's like a wow. plate. But you can't even see my house. They're just, it's just surrounded in sunflowers and I don't know how this happened. <laughs> but other than sunflowers, um, I grow, I love uh, Dartura. It's, um, it's a mm. trumpet flower and it blooms at night. Mm. And this really crazy big moth comes and pollinates it. It's like bigger than a humming, hummingbird. But oh, wow. uh, I grow a lot of that. It's because I think it's pretty and interesting. Um, I grow blackberries and goji berries and cherry tomatoes and, you know, herbs, a lot of the normal stuff, but then also medicinals. Um, I practice herbalism. So I grow like mugwort and yarrow and mm. raspberry leaf and nasturtiums. I don't know, other medicinal things. We yeah. should talk more about that. I just got, I got into herbalism this year. I also garden. So we'll, we'll chat more about that. Cool. Yeah. Um, what are you curious about right now? It could be anything related to yoga or not related to yoga. Am I curious? Um, personal finance, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I am getting a little bit into like figuring out, I don't know, just being more responsible with money and investment and learning, learning about that world. I feel like I, I don't know, I avoided it for so long. There's such a, there's such a thing like, I'm a yoga teacher. I don't care about money. I'm just going to like, let the universe figure it out for me. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, oh wait, no, I'm like in my thirties and I'm going to figure it out for myself. And that's probably a better idea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And like there's Bitcoin and it's like, what's a Bitcoin? No, 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 that's too much. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Bitcoin, but anyway. Uh, all right. Are you ready to play a game with me? Yes. I think I'm ready. <laughs> all right. So it's, uh, it's called rapid fire and I rapidly fire questions about what your favorite things are. And then you try to answer them as fast as you can. Okay. So I'm not thinking right. about anything. All right. Ready? All right. Yes. All right. What's your favorite color? Green. What's your favorite movie? Uh, oh God, I'm like blanking out on what even movies are. What's a movie? Um, 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 Almost Famous? That's like the only movie I can think of right now. Okay, yeah, that's, that's kind of a classic now, yeah. Okay, favorite yoga pose? Uh, favorite active yoga pose is Skandasana. It's just like such a fun intermediate mm-hmm. 
suppose to get to other places but um i don't know i love balancing postures so anything that's balancey really anything balancing uh favorite genre of music um like garage rock i guess is that a genre like jack white i guess okay yeah yeah like rock, like garage rock and rock. roll i don't know yeah right yeah uh the, yeah i i i think that's valid yeah favorite restaurant in austin uh old thousand Ooh, i've never been there but i, I don't I, like what is it like what type of food it's modern chinese so i lived in hong kong for several years and finding good authentic like chinese food is a, a sport for me um and you know there wouldn't really be restaurants like old thousand in hong kong necessarily but the things that they make authentic are so good and the things that they do with like modern flair like their brisket fried rice are also so good so wow. i don't know i feel like it's a good mix of traditional and and modern or like fusion whatever nice but yeah brisket fried rice amazing their version of chai fried chicken is amazing and they make these green beans with a spicy mustard sauce on them they're like oh. flash fried in this like shallot and spicy mustard and like vinegar or something sauce they're amazing wow i could eat it every day i'm gonna have to go there now just green beans they're just yeah the green beans, beans they're so good really good so out of your top five books, like what would be one book from your top five books of all time? Um, Still Life with Woodpecker is definitely my favorite book. I love books that are a little bit funny, like a dry mm -hmm. humor or like a, a funny-ish book, but Still Life with Woodpecker, definitely favorite. Um, Good Omens, I think they just made a TV show out of it, but Good Omens oh. is a great book, super funny. Okay. And uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, classic. Yeah, so and they funny. made that into a movie, didn't they? Yeah, and the movie's yeah. good. Yeah. Favorite yoga prop? Um, oh gosh, every yoga prop is my favorite yoga prop, but blocks because you can build them into other things. It's like the mm. most versatile, I think. I like that. Yes, like laying with your head on a block and massaging the suboccipital ridge with the corner of it. Uh, mm -hmm. so good. That is so good. What's the what's like the best place you ever visited or like the best vacation you've ever had? Like, where is that? <sighs> the best place? I love Beirut, Lebanon. Mm. Um, wow you've been favorite, all over favorite city i've ever lived in i went to school there for a little bit um lived oh. there for like a year and it was just so beautiful like the architecture was amazing i was studying art and architecture while i was there mm -hmm. um but the art is amazing like being able to walk along the mediterranean and then just come upon like an ancient column from an ancient civilization and like sit on it and eat your fresh fish that some old man just caught out of the Mediterranean and like cooked for you on a grill on a beach. And you're just like, wow, what is my life? This is amazing. Wow, that that does sound amazing. And they have the best olive oil. So 
I don't know. Mm. That's a thing too. The food is great. The people are friendly. They have like a fun lifestyle of just like being of like slow, I don't want to say slow moving, but like you can spend a lot of time at a cafe there just like chatting with strangers. Yeah, other cultures know how to be and Americans right. just know how to do and, and get stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a, just a beautiful place. Okay, last question. Um, hmm. Okay, favorite, favorite animal? Um, favorite animal? Uh, <laughs> just been really into possums recently. <laughs> I like, would not have guessed that. There just are several possums that visit my backyard. And I feel like possums are the only creature that is not domesticated that wants to be. Like, oh. I was having this conversation with my roommate or my cousin who lives with me last night. And uh, yeah, possums, you know, like people want to have like a fox as a pet but the fox doesn't want to be your pet people want to have a lynx as a pet the lynx doesn't want to be your pet because those animals are beautiful and majestic the possum like longs for a nice safe cage where you like feed it treats and snuggle it and like keep it away from predators because they're like blind and slow and like they don't yeah. know what's going on like they will just accidentally run into you and they, they want to be domesticated, but they like didn't get the cute gene, really. They didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. They didn't they get didn't. cute. So they're just like, please, like, please take me inside. And people are like, no, ew, get away. You look like mostly dead. And um, yeah, that like makes them endearing to me. So. Yeah, they're the underdog of, yeah. And yeah, of wanting to be domesticated. Oh, great. I'm never going to look at possums the same again, but that's a really good point. Yeah. So where can people find you and connect with you? Um, man, you mostly have to find me in person. I'm not a very online present person. I am making a website. I'm making triggerpointin.com so that I can do um, virtual personalized um, trigger point sessions and do other like videos and, and stuff like that for people. But um, right now you can find me at Crux or at Suka. That's where I, I hang out and, and teach. Um, and I, I mean, I have an email address, which is triggerpointin dot or at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, yeah, just kind of have to find me. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and I'll make sure your email is linked in the show notes. And I so look forward to chatting with you again soon. I hope to have you back on the show in the future. Well, thanks for having me. This is my first ever uh, podcast. So that was fun. Yeah, it was so fun. I learned, I actually learned so much about you and I've known, I've known you for a little bit now. So yeah, we have known each other for a while. So, um, so I'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on yoga and trigger point with the wonderful Meg Kokovai. Take Meg's advice. Go get yourself a ball, tennis, lacrosse, or golf, and lay on it. All of her links are in the show notes, so you're just one click away from connecting with her. 
consider joining our official yoga and podcast Patreon. They're great member perks. To find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash yoga and podcast. It's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Y-O-G-A-A-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. If you want to connect with us, uh, our email is also yogaandpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. The theme song is performed by Ali Holder. Sound engineering and guest booking by Bentley the Cat. Social media by Chloe the Kitty. Remember that this podcast is for everyone. If you're a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next time.